<laughs> That's about it. <laughs> well, that certainly can work. You're not going to get like a nice little studio like Joe Rogan has. One day. That's the dream. That's the dream. The dream. Well, hopefully I'll have to make, well, I'll have to make that dream come true. There we go. No, uh, it's a good question, to be honest, because I've been thinking about, you know, getting like a little like microphone, like a little desktop microphone for podcasting. They make those, you know, mm-hmm. get the little two channel uh, little mixer with like the USB mm. and then I could do music. That's a dream. You know, I might, you know, Christmas is coming up. Well, hey, or, you know, so I guess you know? you're going to have to hit up the relatives and just maybe see if you can then, uh, get that gift. If you were in Christmas bonuses wherever you happen to work, then maybe you could yeah yeah well you know it's a lot of st- we need a lot of stuff so i might play the hanukkah card too so i get christmas the hanukkah card always <laughs> works because <don't> <laughs> i can do that <laughs> yeah well you know what you are you are one of the chosen that's for sure that's right there you go <laughs> yeah. so so um let's do the um well, i'm just going to do a quick intro just to let people know what they're listening to uh that sounds good to me Excellent. This is uh, the Get Your Son Productions podcast. Um, we're a podcast covering all things related to music production from the first note to the last fan. We create music and inspire others to do the same. A lot of times our podcast is just a conversation between uh, me and Dan, uh, just discussing plans we have for the business and planning uh, things we're going to do, like a business meeting. But oftentimes we have uh, an interview where we interview especially local musicians. Yes, of um, That's right. So, and that's why we have you on, Paul DeCoster. Very honored to be here. Yeah, we're, we're well, welcome, very, welcome, uh, welcome, welcome, Paul. It's great to have you on. Oh, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. I wish I was with you guys in person, you know, but that's okay. I'd be very happy to listen to your voices. I'm getting a chuckle out of them already. All well, right. You know, well, me, you and I can meet in person one day. Uh, I am in Brooklyn like you are, but uh, Dan's actually in Richmond, Virginia, or out a little outside. God, I haven't been to Richmond, right. Virginia since I was a little kid. My God. Oh, well, it's changed vacation. a lot. I'm sure it has. Changed a lot. The last time I was there, yeah. I visited the Philip Ward factory, and you could smell it in the interstate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. But I'm sure. I don't, I don't even know if it's still there. Uh, Philip Morris is still here. Oh, is it? And um, uh, Altria Mel- now. Yeah, they're the Altria. Older, older and all. Okay. Uh, no, no, it's not very. We're a very sophisticated city now. Yeah. You know what? Well, you guys, you guys always, you guys, you guys have grown in terms of your cultural status. I know that there's a lot of bands that not just travel through Richmond, Virginia, but are actually produced yep. by Richmond, Virginia. Quite a buzzing right. scene down there. What are some no, it's no joke. Like- I mean, yeah. Uh, all jokes aside, Richmond, Virginia is uh, is a is a got a lot going on now. Great food scene, awesome music scene, hundred percent. Um, put it on the map if you were, you know, like in cities like you like Brooklyn, Boston, Baltimore. You know, you gotta you gotta get uh, uh, Richmond, Virginia on the list. Well, so, key ingredients for for key ingredients for any major American city to have food, music. And art. There it is. Oh, don't forget um, uh, microbreweries. Oh, <laughs> man. The beer, you, uh, you hit the nail on the head. The beer scene here is uh, it's off off the chain. No, I mean, if you, were, if you were to do some kind of, if you were a beer aficionado and you were to do a tour of the U.S. now, it'd be kind of like doing a pub crawl going from city to city. You might yeah. Pop, 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 pop. 
I mean, I was in North Carolina, and apparently I'm, I was told that in Atlanta, Georgia, when you go to a local pub, they actually have an entire section of North Carolina microwaves. An entire it's section of what? North Carolina microwaves. Oh, yeah. Exactly. To feature all the um, every possible um, market that you could want. Anyway, so let's get to talking, gentlemen. Yeah, so so this is all about you. So, um, you know, we want to learn. So this is as if we're – I think we could just pretend we're actually sitting in a coffee shop and we well, – I am. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, uh, well, and I'm in my car. <laughs> so oh, lovely. <laughs> so uh, – but we can we can pretend and, okay. and we'll just say, well, we want to learn as much about you and your – music as possible uh and let's let's just start with where you started like give us like the you know like the 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 oh actually before we do anything hang on hang on i want to start don't wait be careful (laughs) don't get hit by a car you you need to you won't get hit by a car in your pocket well we don't want that to happen yeah just don't we want to stay safe we want to stay safe during the show I, I don't want you to do your own stunts doing your podcast. I mean, <laughs> right, right. We don't do our thing. It'll be different, but you know, I'd like we to don't do our own. Okay. Right. So, 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 um, that actually, well, I want to back up a little bit. I want you to plug um, anywhere people can find you up front. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, website. What? What? Any socials? Whatever you. And then we'll put links. But if you tell people where they are, and then there'll be links in the description. Okay, well, I'll tell you um, uh, one place that you can find me, of course, is on Spotify. You just um, uh, type in the name DeCoster. I'll spell that for you. D-E-C-O-S-T-E-R. DeCoster, and you'll find all my recordings there. If you want to find out more about where I'm playing and um, photographs and videos and things of that nature, you can look me up at this site, ReverbNation.com slash DeCoster, and you'll find me there. I'll repeat, ReverbNation.com slash DeCoster. On Instagram, you can find me at the following, um, the following network, three. Again, I'll repeat, three. That's Instagram. Facebook, you can find me at TigermanPCD. That's T-I-G-E-R-M-A-N, capital P, capital C, capital Z. And YouTube, you can find me at Paul DeCoster. We've got some videos up there. Including a recent um, concert that did online for the San Francisco Folk Festival. Um, I was hoping to actually attend this year, but they were doing everything online via Zoom because um, I think they're still a little bit um, conscious about um, the pandemic concerns. So I recorded a concert that you can find at my YouTube site, called the Coster, and um, that's where you can find me in um, the internet land. So awesome. Yeah, that's great. We'll put links to all those. And then in terms of in terms of the uh, Spotify, you said it's just the, the name of you. Just you, your band name is DeCoster. That's me. That's, that's the band name. Exactly. That's the band yeah. name is your last name. That's excellent. Yeah. So, so what are some both myself and also um, uh, any band members I happen to have. That's excellent. And so, in terms of the the name, just so people find the right thing, and so we post the right thing. What are the names of some of your albums? Okay, um, I've got about three recordings out. The first of which is my album, Calling All Lovers. Okay, that's my first one. Um, my second one is an EP entitled Walking in the Sun. And the third album is called Universe. Okay? And I've right. also released a single called Many Ways to Celebrate the Holidays. 
I am in the process of recording a new album, um, which, uh, um, and I'm going to be releasing the single from that around December holidays, probably around mid for the end of November. But you'll be able to see that I have access to that. Um, but it's been in the can for a while, and it's been put away, so I'm trying to start. Mm-hmm. And I've got a, I'm going to have a new album of 11 songs, and I'm in the pro- always in the process of writing more and trying to add to the catalog. So I'm hoping to have at least a few, a few, a few more recordings out in my lifetime. Cool. So you have a few more records coming. That's great. So you're very productive. I try to be as productive as I can. I practice about every day. Uh, I try to write a little bit every day. I, um, I'm trying to book shows pretty much um, on a monthly basis, or at least on a bi-month basis in New York. You know, it's important to kind of you want to keep things consistent, but at the same time, you don't do it too often because then people kind of get accustomed to hearing your name, and they may not necessarily um, come out in droves all the time. So it's, um, I try to kind of like keep it in a way that keeps it interesting. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so let's um, let's hear about your uh, your like what got you into music. And some early like I want to we want to know how you started out in music. This is this is the um, superhero origin story. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and do do us a favor because we want it to come through clear. If you could speak closer to the microphone of the phone or anything. How's like this? That, is this okay? That's great. That's you hear amazing. Me now? Okay. So oh yeah. Yeah. Because the problem is I'm outside, and of course outside we're subject to traffic, we're subject to the wind, we're subject yes. to people shouting. So we're in a very vulnerable spot. Yeah, this what you're doing now is fantastic. But I just want to make sure everyone shade. hears it. I'm in I'm in the shade because I'm directly in the line of fire of the sun. Yeah, this tree is like protecting me, so it's my superhero right now. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the world's first superheroes of the of planet Earth, the trees. Yeah, you uh, hear that oh. helicopter going by. You know what I'm talking about? So it's noise. I don't actually hear the helicopter. That's great. good. Good. Well, that means I've got my mouth really, really close to this telephone, so it's blocking That's... out any particular any sounds. Yeah, this is beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, so we want to know about how you got into music in the first place. That's a wonderful question. Um, well, I can tell you some early inspirations. Um, a little story. I was in nursery school, and I was going to have a distinct memory of hearing um, the Nutcracker Suite by Tchaikovsky. I had a teacher that played it. And I remember there's one part that goes da 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 some of the songs that they were singing. And I was in summer camp in 1979. I know it's going to be I'm not exactly a young, I'm not a spring chicken, but that's okay. Um, and I remember um, just being enchanted by the sound of the guitar, and I decided I wanted to learn it. And I was 11 years old at the time, and I had a wonderful teacher named John Porcino, who was, had, very, very, had a lot of compassion for him. He's a very sweet man, and he um, taught me how to play guitar. And um, immediately, almost... Right away, I just set to work just learning a few songs and playing them for an open mic. And, you know, I mean, at first it was, a, <laughs> you know, people thought it was a bit of a joke. And, you know, it was. I was just starting out. But at the same time, I just something about 
people discouraging me made me want to keep going. I don't know, just I'm built that way, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm built that way. So I just continued my studies. Um, I went on to um, study. I took a few lessons in rock, and I um, also learned a little bit about effects. But I found that I was drawn to classical guitar, and I studied that for a little while. And I remember my father saying, well, if you get good at the classical, I'll get you an electric. It never happened, but I really worked at studying classical guitar, and I did that throughout my college years and uh, my grad school years in addition to doing musical theater. So I didn't necessarily start out in the rock game, as it were. I just kind of um, came from a little, from from further afield that way. Of course, I always adored players like Mark Knopfler and whatnot, and I adored... Um, players I was I liked my Randy Rhodes too, but I liked the Mark Knopfler especially. I just liked the style of playing. And I heard that he was a classical guitar player at one point, so I said, Oh, there's hope for me yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um so you like that uh no not using a pick? Uh um well I do use a pick. I do both. There are times when I don't use a pick and there are times when I do. And the advantage of that is that when you use a pick it has a certain timbre. Um, especially um, uh, in, com- in combination with um, the tone that you might get. Like, for example, I've got a Blues Junior amp at home, a Fender Blues Junior amp. And that's got like a real kind of like solid um, tube sound, you know. I mean, the tone you get out of that is pretty astonishing. And It's amazing. It's a wonderful amp, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Especially if you, and the thing is that they don't have any built-in effects, so you kind of have to create your own sound with it, which, of course, I'm really digging, and I've got enough of a pedal board to do that. I'm especially I'm, uh, drawn to choruses and flangers and whatnot. But mm-hmm. anyway, to continue about my story um, of music, I found that when I was studying classical guitar in a graduate school, I was kind of overstretching um, my my limits with um, uh, some of the material I was covering. And I was covering a lot of new composers. I kind of like made a lot of acquaintances with some new composers whose works I premiered at various concerts I put together. And, but... Towards the end of that time, I always found that I was drawn to songwriting, and I'll tell you where that came about. Um, in the year 1988, I'm bouncing around a bit, um, I had um, a good friend of mine who turned me on to the music of XTC. I don't know if you're familiar with that band. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, if you're a fan of them, they've got some tremendously quirky pop, and um, I consider them pretty much the Beatles of the 1980s. They pretty much operated in the same vein. And... I was listening to a lot of this stuff, and I started writing lyrics. Just, just started writing lyrics in college. Mm. And around the time of my grad school, like around 1993, I started marrying music to lyrics, and I just started producing songs. Started, that's where my songwriting really began, and I kind of um, would bounce between doing a solo act and joining various groups, whether it was a folk group or whether it was um, with um a former pop star that wanted to kind of make a small comeback. So I was in various bands as well as um, singing groups and whatnot, and I kind of like bounced around there. Um, I played with a group called Bobby Stewart and the Contreras. Now this guy was somebody that played back in CBGBs in the early 1980s with a group called Bobby Stewart and the IDs. And Hmm. he wrote um, a song called The Copyright on Love, which made it to the Billboard 100. And actually got a record contract with Warner Brothers Records. Um, I don't think he sold enough to justify them keeping him, so they dropped him. But he continued to work with various um, artists that were popular at the time, like um, you may or may not have heard of the Roach Sisters, but they were very fairly prominent and got some run-ups in Rolling Stone. 
they were kind of like a quasi folk um pop band mm-hmm. those two and um they um he had some songs in which they performed background vocals and he got a contract with CBS for as a songwriter to play. got a little bit of a publishing deal so you know he, he carried on for a little while in that vein and then I met him. He used to, he lived right by Washington Square Park. You know, he's always lived in the village. And I met up with him. And one day we just said, hey, you want to work on some of my material? He said, and I said, sure. So I worked out some new guitar parts. I would listen to his catalog. And I'd kind of like um, learn a lot of his songs. And we got out, we'd perform a few shows. And then after that, nice. kind of disbanded. You know, we actually played at CBGB's in the waning years of that club. So I got an experience of playing there myself after having attended a few shows there in my youth. <laughs> Believe oh, it well, it's great you got to play them before they, uh, you know, before it went away. It um, kind of, yeah, it was kind of a shadow of its former self, but still at the time when I went there. But I did play CB's Gallery, and that was kind of an addition. That was a nice place to play. What I year remember was that? playing I'm that. I'm just curious. What year you were playing CB's? It was probably. Keith, were we across the street? 2001. We, no, we, it was late. we were later. We played the gallery as well. Um, my memory of the CBGB's is I, every single time I attended, CBGBs, I had a head injury. What the hell for? Was that, <laughs> what is, I was, you just said some kind of a. You just said I was in a, one time. I was in a. I was a young kid, and I was in a mosh pit, and somebody hit me with a beer bottle in the head and split my head open. See, that was that's is it, dangerously because I've actually was, only done slam dancing. Now, slam dancing, people actually <laughs> help you back up. Like right. Pits, they like literally try to destroy you. It's almost like rest. It's like professional they, wrestling. They they succeeded in, in destroying you know a little bit of my skin right above my eye. Dude, I used to attend shows like that. I attended the Chrome Suckers. I attended Ludacris before they became Scatterbrain. Um, wow. So I'm familiar with that. I'm yeah. familiar with no, that. Yeah, I was wondering about the Bowery Poetry Club across the street. What year that was? Um, I yeah. never really played at the Bowery Poetry Club. I attended a few shows there from some hip hop yeah. artists and poets as well. I. One oh, yeah. played there. I did play at the Bowery Electric before, and um, I think that one of the bookers actually knows me because I played a few shows at the Map Room um, in the 2010s. Um, but I would just want to actually give us a quick plug to a band that doesn't exist anymore. But if you um, happen to like that sort of music, um, yeah. then I highly recommend <laughs> you listen to the single Simple Minded by Dragpipe. I love that song. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It was um, featured a lot on... Um, is in big rotation in much music, much more music. Um, the video channel, the Fuse channel, back in the twenty, back in the two thousands. And um, oh yeah, they only made one album. They only made one album. I don't think they were quite able to hack their contract or something like that. But oh. that's some, uh, and you know, the songs are pretty hard. They had three guitars playing hardcore music. Oh yeah, I'll check it out. Please do. At any rate, so. My trajectory as such happened when I started going solo pretty much in 2001. I officially began with a little bit of a power trio, and that's pretty much what I've had. played with keyboards before, but I managed to record three albums. Um, the first one, which is Calling All Lovers, which is probably one of my rockier albums. Um, mm-hmm. The second of which is um, Walking in the Sun, and um, that was more kind of like akin to like 80s pop and things of that nature. The third one is All Acoustic Universe. It's just me and a percussion player. I'm, uh, I think that I'm uh, probably um, probably my best album so far. I like think that the songs really kind of speak for themselves, cool. you know. And the third and the fourth one that's coming up is kind of like um, a combination of dance music and um, uh, and hard rock, I'd say. That's great. So it's a much more rocking album, 
and um, I've got, but I've always been a writer. I've always liked to write, and it's just um, and I, I definitely um, enjoy performing for people and whatnot. So that's um, that's that's one thing I can definitely say. And my goal is to be I'm um, able to tour um, from coast to coast. Is that right? So am I like am I? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, the only tours I've really done have done played some shows in Connecticut. I played some shows in Philadelphia. Um, I played some shows in Baltimore, Washington D.C. I've done some towns in North Carolina. I did um, um, I was supposed to do um uh, one in Charleston, South Carolina, but unfortunately the percussion player was unable to attend because of family concerns. So um, I had to put that one aside. But still, I made it down to Charleston, South Carolina. It was a nice little city. And my goal is to do a little bit more of that because you know, even though it can be exhausting, I mean, if you're with the right bunch of people. And it could be a lot of fun, you know. And yeah. I'd like to be able to make make some more music for people to know. And I'd like to be known for my writing as well as performing. I'd like to be known for the songs. I'd like to be able to have somebody walk down the street and sing one of my songs. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually, so with you when you mentioned XTC, and it, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like you were you were a musician for a while, but really it was in the eighties with XTC where you sort of bridged the gap and became an actual like writer, songwriter. Those are the um, people that really kind of kickstarted the process because I mean, yeah. they of course were around when I was a little kid, but I had no knowledge of them. It's yeah. only like years after the fact that somebody turned me on to them. And I was like already in my twenties and that's about a ripe age to really receive a musical influence. And the funny thing is that, you know, at the time when I was in grad school, I mean, that's when a lot of the grunge was happening, and I was listening to it on the radio. And But there were a lot of other bands that might have passed me by, like Pavement, for example, of course. Like, I'm not really familiar with their music at all. They've added another performance at the King's Theater, which is close to me. On October 3rd, they sold out all their performances over that weekend. But it's um, But who knows? Maybe I might want to check them out. Yeah, they're they're quite good. I I actually only call out. Well, first of all, I I like to hear. Um, I'd love I'd love to hear about your songwriting process or how you feel about songwriting because um, we don't talk about that. Uh, you know, it's part of the music production process and it's it's pretty critical. So mm-hmm. we'd love to hear about you know your experience writing songs and like some ideas or how you get ideas or anything like that. But I also well, wanted to call out. Ex- because no one ever mentions XTC <laughs> ever. Well, the funny thing is that they're, they're kind of great. like they're they were they had they had some hits on U.S. radio. They're more known in England. It's like um I like to say it this way: the Beatles were an international export. Like the U.K. exported the Beatles, and they kept you and, and as a reward, they kept XTC for themselves. <laughs> but you know, people in there are people in the USA that do know of them. I mean, there are other bands that are from the UK that no one has ever heard of before. Like for example, I found out I I do watch a lot of YouTube, and one um, such program I watch on YouTube is a song called is one called Justin Hawkins Rides Again. Now Justin Hawkins is the lead singer of the group The Darkness, who had a big hit called I Believe in a Thing Called Love around. Here. I remember that. It was phenomenal. Oh, I mean, that's, that, they basically were like, that's an example of hard rock I especially gravitate towards. I mean, with all the the baby boom rock that kind of came out, I think yeah. that really kind of, I like stuff like that that really gives a kick in the teeth. You know, anything that's like coming <laughs> from like the, from the Gen X, I guess he's a millennial or something like yeah. that. 
Right. Um, but something like from that age bracket, you know, I do like that. So I like that very much, um, which is um, all the more reason for me to recommend Dragpipe. But at any rate, that they, he yeah. had a show, um, and he was talking about a group called the Cardiacs. And the Cardiacs were a group which had some pretty manic rock, which, you know, is unlike anything I'd ever heard before. And, I mean, it's just one of these things which you just simply have to hear in order to experience for yourself in order to get the full scope. I mean, words really can't describe. You know, they can't describe at all. Not to mention that, you know, um, there were groups like the Manic Street Preachers, which were popular in the U.K., not very well known over here. And, you know, I mean, I like a lot of bands which people might not necessarily have heard of. I mean, Muse has got like a crossover following. People do like Muse over here. They just came out with yes. a new album. But, um, you know, but, I mean, XTC was the one that really kind of kick-started the process for me. Well, I know. I'm going to go listen to a bunch of XTC immediately after this. Um, they, I can even recommend them. I'm like, what's to the deal? listen to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, well, yeah. Which one Yeah. Which one do you recommend? Um, well, the obvious one is the Black yeah. Sea. Black Sea and English Settlement are the kind of like their masterpieces. You can listen Black to Go sea. To. You can listen to Go To. Um, Skylarking is the one they did with Todd Rundgren. Okay. Oh. And although they might, they kind of, well, Andy Purchase is the lead singer and usually was the one who was kind of took charge of the production thing. He got together with some famous producers, Steve Lillowhite and Hugh Padham, went under uh-huh. people like Sting and U2 and whatnot, but... He pretty much they pretty much got their start with a band, with their band, and he was used to kind of like having a heavy hand in the process. But Todd, I think, was someone who would just simply kind of take charge, and they would just listen to Andy and just simply do his own thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had his own little process, which I think might have Eddie didn't necessarily agree with. And uh, but eventually, I think he came to see that um, Todd really knew what he was doing and knew how to really get a good hit sound out of people. You know, as a producer, you know, back when he was doing that in the 80s. So that's some, probably um, one of their grandest achievements. And um, they had albums like Oranges and Lemons that followed. They've had some recent efforts called Wasp Volume Venus, I think Volume 2 or something like that. And that's probably one of their most recent efforts. And I don't even know if they're still performing anymore. I mean, it's like Terry Chambers is going around performing their songs. He was a drummer that left a while ago. But oh wow! I'm kind of giving you like a whole history. Of That's the whole you've yeah. ever heard of, you know. <laughs> there you well, have I got it. the background now. I got the background now. Yeah, they so, but, actually, uh, yeah. XTC had a hit in the U.S. I don't remember what it was called. And they had a couple. Yeah, they had a couple, and I do. I am familiar with the one song, "Dear God." I believe it's called famous. that. That that was well known. That's oh, a pretty well known song. Yeah, so I'm familiar with them only to that extent. So I think I, yeah. I think you're right. I have to check them out. Uh, so they had another hit. Co- they had another hit called "The Mayor of Simpleton," which was on their subsequent um, album "Oranges and Lemons." Okay. Yeah, so, so they had that. So tell us about your songwriting, or like it could be anything. Either one uh, story of one song you wrote, or the process. If you have a process, I know I'm a songwriter. I don't have a process. It's just completely willy-nilly, but I like to hear about other songwriters' process. Maybe I can learn from you something, you know. Um, Everybody's different. Everybody's exactly. different. And That's I know the whole thing. Many, many songwriting classes which kind of tell you how to kickstart the um, process of writing. And there are many master classes which talk about that. I mean, for Christ's sake, you know, people who work in Nashville, like, have a whole process. I mean, pretty much there are songwriters in Nashville who write songs all day, and that's what they do. 
That's right. And that's kind of a hard racket to get into. And they usually have a formula that they follow. But what I tend to do, what gets me going for writing is, especially, I found that I wrote a lot when I was in motion. That is to say, when I was riding the bus. I was riding the subway, and especially on long-distance trips where I was riding a Greyhound or riding a train. I found that mm. a lot of my writing came from that. I also would find that um, a lot of my writing tended to emerge when I was busy practicing other things, whether it was um, uh, some old material, whether it was um, uh, playing to a cover tunes, or was learning a jazz standard. I found that a lot of my process would come from that because I was busy engaged with um, learning the guitar and perfecting my technique on that, or perfecting vocal technique and all that, working on previous material to prepare for performances that I had. I said, you know what? Well, that sounds like a really good idea. Nowadays, what I do is I try to find at least a little bit of time to um, jot down maybe an idea. One method I've found, which is helpful, is to write down the names of song titles. Write down the names of song titles that could potentially be a song. Because that actually plants a seed, you know, for a song which you might want to write. Um, another thing I found that I do is that I might sometimes, there were, I haven't done this in a while, but what I did, used to do is I would maybe for about two or three minutes um, do some nonstop writing or something like that where I just write whatever nonsense came into my head. That's a little harder to do because you really mm. have to kind of like sit down and just focus. And I found that's, um, that's a little harder to do. Like I would, But I found that these days something which kickstarts the process is writing down potential song titles. Also, being away from home, like if I'm not in my house, I find that I probably write a lot more because okay. I'm actually in an environment where I'm around people who are talking and stuff like that. If I'm in my own home environment, then well, that's all well and good. I can get a lot done there, but I find it um, much more productive if I'm actually outside in some strange place, like in a park or something like that, and then I'm able to kind of like look around me and just maybe write down a few ideas here and there or maybe just um, play through a few ideas and record them, you know. I've got like a, I've got like a lot of stuff on my computer or mm-hmm. and um, a teeny little song demo and whatnot. And I'll write and I just maybe just leave them and if I come back to them, if I look at them, if I'm going through my drawers and they look at that and go, oh my God, this looks really good. I think I might be able to use this. And that kind of indicates to me that it had staying power. If I look at it and I said, well, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, you know, there are many stories yeah. about songwriters who will be writing through notebooks and they're just like leaving the drawer and they may not get back to them for years at a time, you know. So that's kind of like I'm, uh, where I'm at at the moment, you know. I've got drawers full of um, uh, notebooks and whatnot of songs which um, I might have recorded at one point. I've got like um, demos and stuff or songs I'd like to activate and, you know. And it's it's just, um, I mean, I have to keep my ears open all the time. I have to keep my ears open all the time. And it helps that I'm able to kind of like read music and write the notes out because that helps out so much because then it definitely jogs my memory. Mm, What jogs my memory um, the most, I'm sorry, I'm not cutting you off. What jogs my memory the most is just either recording because then I'll actually have an audio memory of that or writing down the music properly on like some prop, on a, like a proper staff and stuff like that. Because then it just it sticks in my craw, and in case I forget the melody, I can always reference it. 
I, I love that. Um, I, I love that uh, you get so much energy from the world or the environment, like being out in motion, being out of your home, being around people. Um, well, and I'm kind of a quiet person. There are times when I might just like I'm not I have very much to say, but I think it's because mm-hmm. you know my mind is just always seems to be kind of like fluctuating between songs that are stuck in my head, between languages I'm trying to retain in my head as well, you know. Or just by taking in the environment and just studying it and seeing, well, would this person be cool to hang out with? Would this person be cool to hang out with? How am I going to be able to kind of like connect with this person? Am I able to at all? You know, I'm just trying to keep an open mind that way like I am with you guys. You know, one of the things is, um, and also figuring, well, how can I be funny? You know, because people like funny yeah. people, you know. <laughs> you know, I hope this I hope this conversation is actually interesting to you. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever, Paul. God, get him off. He's so blind. Please get rid of him. Okay, never mind. (laughs) All right, but anyway, God, I wish I could actually see you too, because it would just be so much fun to just kind of like sit there and interact in that way. If you guys were like hanging out with me and, you know, instead of like having to be all the way down to Richmond or driving in your car, instead of walking on the sidewalk and just pulling up and just saying hi. Exactly. I was gonna. That kind of leads me to one of my questions, which is like recently, past few years with COVID time. You know, it's affected creative process for a lot of artists, a lot of collaborations. Um, so, and uh, you know, Brooklyn and New York was an epicenter for a while. Mm-hmm. So, it certainly uh, was. You know. Yeah. So, just like as an artist, like, what did you know? Did you? I learned a lot about myself in the past couple of years because. What did you learn about yourself? Um, well, um, think what was really important, you know, um, because it's sort of like, um, people being in mortal peril all the time, Certainly. you know, or that it feeling, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I just realized how important my family was, you know. Sure. And, um, do you have any children? Yeah. Well, there you go. How many, kids, how many kids yeah. do you have? Uh, I got, I have one, one kid. He's, uh, starting high school this year. So my well, son, my wife, you. you know, yeah. But sure, of course, you know, and just like, and you're stuck in the you're stuck in the house with these guys, and you're like wondering what are we gonna do? I mean, I don't have any children, but I'm married, you know. I mean, I've been married yeah. for 11 years, and um, you know, we were with each other, and we she was in the process of actually attending co- attending university while all of this was going on, and a lot of her classes and, and graduate school were online, and I found myself teaching. I had a teaching job for ESL to, you know help pay bills and that kind of got derailed because a lot of the students who had didn't have computers. They just had their telephones and right. you know, they might not have had access to the zoom that they needed to teach these lessons. So I said, so it kind of freed me up to really develop the music, which I wanted to do. So I did a few things. I, first of all, got deeper and deeper into um, uh, the meditative process of meditation in the mornings, you know, just to kind of like center my mind and just to help me have a little bit more control of, um, well, but I would just kind of like let go of any control of my environment and be more receptive to um, uh, being present, just being out here in the open, you know, like I am right now here on uh, Cortelli Road and East 16th Street in front of Madeline's Cafe. There's a plug for you. Um, All right, Madeline's Cafe. I miss New York a lot. I do. Well, 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 now, is this the guy who's from Richmond, Virginia who's telling me this or is this the guy in the car? Yes. 
No. Okay, more. No, it's <laughs> Daniel in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, you know, uh, I lived in uh, Carroll Gardens for maybe ten years before I moved. What did you do? So. What did you do in New York? Uh, oh, all sorts. Uh, Keith and I were in a band together. What was your band? Uh, uh, Jolly Ship the Whiz Bang. There's a plug. Jolly for you. Ship the Whiz Bang. I love it. You know? Yeah, uh, and we used to play at the. We had a every week we play at the uh, Bowery Poetry Club every Thursday. I believe. Oh, look at you! All right. Yeah. yeah. What kind of music did you play? <laughs> uh, it was. It was hysterical. Um, pirate puppet rock opera, I would say. It's you know what? Whole, you guys remind yeah. me of a group in Australia. I've heard of them, and I haven't heard enough of their music, but they're a group called King Gizzard and <laughs> the Lizard. Gizzard yes. Lizard. Are you familiar yep. with them? <laughs> well, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're like, they're like, I wouldn't, it, to call them the fish of Australia wouldn't be doing them justice because, I mean, they're really kind of like freaky, and they start their own festival. I mean, these guys were really pretty ambitious, making all those albums. And I mean, that's the kind of like yeah. creative energy I aspire to. The kind of creative energy which is able to create things independently, you know. Yeah. Oh, you would have, you wish you could have been there, Paul. I wish you could have been there. We we were we were coexisting, cohabitating the city at the same time. But, Dude, um, I mean, you know, we should have had a double <laughs> bill. I like to get together there with fans and have a double bill. So if you ever guys ever want to do a reunion. Oh, yeah. Hook me up and call me because we'll put there we go. together. Just to give you a little bit of a plug, um, I got a couple of shows coming up. Um, the first of which mm-hmm. is over at a place called 773 Lounge on Coney Island Avenue, just off of Cortelyou Road in Brooklyn. And um, that's going to be on Saturday, September 16th. I'm going to be performing with a bass player, songwriter named D. Who, D E E H W W H O. And uh, we are songwriters that kind of like have teamed up to do like shows of our to showcase our original songs. And we're going to be performing again on Saturday, October 1st at Freddy's Bar, which is over on Fifth Avenue, 527 Fifth Avenue, just off of 15th Street in Brooklyn, New York. Um, closest train R to Prospect Avenue. Okay, closest train to 773 Lounges at the Q to Cortelyou Road. I know it's a mouthful, but, you know. Um, so we're going to be there, and I put together that showcase, which features the following. A guy named Flea Zadoza, who's a terrific singer-songwriter, native to Brooklyn at 7 p.m. B. Who goes on at 8 with his songs, which um, kind of like evoke R&B greats like Smokey Robinson and the like. You know, he sings in that mm-hmm. thing. And then there's me who comes on, who I, I often say power pop, for lack of a better word. But, you know, it's um, definitely got influences from ranging from Phil Collins, Daryl Hall, and whatnot. And, of course, XTC. And um, then uh, after that is a guy named G. Loco, who's a rapper. And at, 10, 11, that's at 10 o'clock, and at 11 o'clock is a guy named Michael McHugh, who used to book me. And now I'm booking him. There we go. It's <laughs> a cycle of life. So um, exactly. you're going to send us uh, – we're going to post all this stuff, too, in writing so people, uh, if they don't catch it on the uh, – I as really would appreciate or, that. Um, the, Yeah, you got um, to – it's something to make a long to story short yeah. that, you know, I'm a double bill – Double billing, that's what I'm yeah. looking forward to doing more of in the future. You know, just working with bands and seeing if we might be able to collab and just um, uh, maybe um, hop a tour bus and go from city to city. Sounds amazing. I, I think Dan and I were talking about, Dan and I were talking before you jumped on the call, and, and Dan was like, well, tell me a little, about, a little bit about Paul. And I said, all I know about Paul is that when I go on Facebook, he's always playing a show. So I was like, the guy is—he's the guy keeps active for sure. 
Well, you know, I mean, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I have a pulse, so I gotta go. go out and do a show. Um, you know, otherwise <laughs> I'm like, I'm, uh, what am I doing? Well, I'm, I'll tell you what. What, what am I doing? No. <laughs> if you're, you know, I, I am a singer songwriter as well, and I really have gotten out of the habit of playing live. So if you want to do a double bill, I gotta get myself back into um, performing in recording shape. I'm planning something as well. Um, so, you know, me and you are going to hook up at some point, uh, being that we're both in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So yes. we can do a double bill at some point. Yeah, uh, we can hook up with your board down in Richmond, perhaps, you know, and just um, have an excuse for a road trip. You know what? You know? That's also that, true. Who doesn't love a bass player? You know, I play bass. So Well, look at that. Well, you know what I mean? I'm, I, I mean, well, D, who's a bass player, I'm open to yeah. working with many different bass players as well. You know, just um, so long as you know you get the um, you get the groove right and things of that nature. Um, uh, we're good to go. So he gets the groove yeah, right. I get the so, groove right, baby. And you know, uh, <laughs> I love so I love collaborating. I keep um, before we wrap it up. I, I want to yeah. second that um, second your thought there, Paul, about double billing and like the, how much fun that is because that was always one of my favorite. I loved my band when Keith and I were were, were doing that, and mm-hmm. I love what we were doing. But like playing with another act who you also loved. Uh, seeing uh, and working with, uh, it was very rewarding. So I'm telling you, man, it's, telling you, yeah. it's, it's a treat. It's a real treat, yeah. you know? Truly, yeah. truly. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's some, uh, is there any, I think, is there something else you wanted to know? Yeah, like, well, th- that's just the thing. First, well, first thing I want, we want to say, number one, um, we love that you, um, we, first of all, I, I just love your energy. And I love Thank chatting you. with you. I appreciate um, that. Loved hearing your story. Thank you so much. Um, and we didn't get to listen to your music, so we learned about the, the records you had out just on the call today. So I'm looking forward to checking them out. And we, we're going to post them around uh, so do. people can check them out. Mm-hmm. That's number yep. one. Mm-hmm. Number two is um, we all, the last question we always ask every guest is plans for the future, mostly because we're really about encouraging people to keep their artistry alive. So if you want to just tell us about like, the upcoming project uh, that you've got coming up or anything that you think is important that, or just like how you want to move forward as a musician, any, anything that's, that's what we usually like to wrap up on. By all means. Um, well, I can name a few things. First of all, I want to continue expanding my catalog. That's the first thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. Continue to write some, really tight songs um, and kind of like get myself to the point where I've got like a good solid body of work, which I can do over a three or four hour period. Not that I will, but you know that I'm able to. Um, Secondly, I'd like to be able to sharpen my chops on the guitar um, in different genres, both jazz, a little bit of R&B, and um, both on electric and acoustic. Um, The third, I'd like to learn a little bit about the piano and learn how to compose on the piano so I can kind of expand my musical vocabulary and be able to write not just guitar-oriented stuff, but stuff which will be able to, to translate into other medium as well. I'd like to be able to make some more recordings, and I'd like to tour in various places in the country and possibly in different parts of the world and just get together with artists and, you know, have like little double bills. So it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of like might be 
pushing myself or stretching my limits a bit, but that's okay. And the thing is that I always found that music was a great medium through which to communicate with people, and I'm going to tell you why. It's a rather personal thing, but um, I was born with a certain amount of autism, okay? So what that means is that um, anything that one would normally do, like reading social cues and just trying to, um, especially with what I've got, um, is that we tend to, I have a tendency to talk at length on a very topic and kind of stick to it like a pit bull and not necessarily realize that somebody might actually want to move on from that topic. So that, that, that's what makes of, you a good podcast guest. Well, that I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that. So from now on, the, I'm not, I'm not going to talk unless I'm on a podcast. <laughs> the only way you can actually get me to talk. We got ways of making you talk here. Here's a microphone. Go ahead and talk now. But you know, I mean, that's um. That's why, that's one of the things which I find very touching about music because I was able to communicate with people that I wanted to communicate with, but I think that because I might have seemed a bit off-putting without realizing it, then I just um, it was um, it was a bit of a bummer. But you know, music is a way to connect with that, and that's um, I do bring I do want to there's a lot I do want to bring to the table, and I mean I do it with all due respect for whatever everybody else brings. You know, I want to be able to yeah. be a part of the mix and just really just be no, and just kind of like have people sing the songs. I think, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot. I mean, what what, what about you guys? What do you what do you guys yeah, want to do? It sounded like yeah, it was a I long. Mean, I've been way. talking I've been talking about myself pretty much the whole time, but I want to hear what you guys are doing. No, well, it wasn't it was a long list. Um, but you know, the, that's the point. The show is not about us; it's about you. But I will say I know. that I'm working on my jazz stuff too. So one one of these days we'll get together and work on some jazz stuff. Okay, what guitarist you know what? are you listening to? What guitarist are you listening to for inspiration? Well, actually, I'm you know I listen to the usual guys. So I'm a Pat West Montgomery, Pat Martino, yeah, West Pat Montgomery, Martino, George Benson, Pat Martini, George Benson, yeah, early Joe Pass. Yeah, oh, he's such a nerd, okay. Keith. You're such a guitar but, nerd. No, uh, well, listen, I'm sorry too. <laughs> I am very sorry. Um, however, I am listening to a guy who's around, who's contemporary, Barry Green. Barry Green. He, Barry Green, and he he's um, the uh, guitar uh, professor at the University of North Cal- North, uh, North Florida. I've been studying with a guy named Rory Stewart periodically, okay. and he's based yeah. in the Maranek, but he's well-known in the jazz circles. Okay. And um, I was recommended um, – I actually work as a guitar teacher right now. Um, I work for Prospect Music Lessons, and my boss recommends I just listen to Wes Montgomery just yeah. to kind of like get a sense of how to um, – Really um, improvise because I've been working because my gym has effectively been iReal Pro, which is an app. Same. And I do all the things. I learn the melody first. I basically try to learn the accompaniment away from the app, and then I just try to play the melody over the song and then work through the accompaniment and then improvise. But I've got to just trying to develop my ear and get that trained. That's what I'd like okay. to do. But, so, but anyway, what about your what about your partner? Dan. Yeah. Oh, me right now. Uh, I started a project recently, and we we started playing more electronic uh, electronica. Oh, really? Music, mm-hmm. and uh, I I put down the bass guitar and started using a keyboard to play bass lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my goals right now um, is to improve my keyboard skills and um, and uh, learn this program called Ableton. Ableton, um, what's that? Um, I it's sort of like a live multi-track um, performance software. 
that mm-hmm. uh, you can like have record loops of yourself. Um, oh, and, okay. Uh, I, uh, it's something apparently that live electronic musicians use um, that uh, I'm very intimidated by, but I have to get get up the learning curve to catch up with my two uh, my two bandmates who already use it. So that's my goal. Well, you know what? I mean, it's just like there's no reason why electronic music and um, music I do would be able wouldn't be wouldn't join forces one day. Yeah, uh, I mean Avengers Assemble, right? You know. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so yeah. So listen, that was um, this was wonderful. Well, Thank you so much. Great, well, it was a great pleasure having you on. Thank you for your time, uh, Paul. Really you appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm very. I love these things. I love to be able to um, talk about the process, to talk about um, uh, you know. Just to, just to have a little bit of fun and just to be able to kind of um, enjoy the company of people who put on broadcasts like yourself. Because, I mean, now, I mean, the great thing about media now is that it's much more democratized. I mean, you guys are able to kind of put out things to various crowds that will listen. I mean, some podcasts are going to get more love than others, especially if celebrities are involved. But, you know, people who want to make music and want to actually communicate with an audience, um, you guys are doing a wonderful job. And I'd love to communicate with um, uh, more people like yourself. You, you know, right. and w- with that said, uh, you're welcome to come back on the show, you know, uh, in six months or a year or whatever the case may be. Uh, mm-hmm. Like when you get your record out, your next record out. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd love that. Come Thank out, you. Come out back yep. on, promote it, tell us what you're up to, you know. And we're all about local. We're all yeah, about, yeah. you know, just like the people we can – be connected with and be friends with and you know it's just like a com- it's all about community indeed it is indeed it so, is well said well said great well all right well in the meantime listen um choose your presence wisely whatever you get <laughs> for hanukkah <laughs> sure, yeah. christmas or for whatever it is. <laughs> you know i know a kid that once celebrated hanukkah when his father would just take him to toys R us and you got a certain and for a certain you'd have a certain amount of money towards the toys that he wanted it was really that's it was right heaven. Yeah. It's heaven for him. Yeah. And yeah. we're still very good friends to this day. We knew each other when we were like nine or ten years old. We still know each other to this day, so it's kind of very lovely. Very nice. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like to I tend to be a very loyal person. I like to keep once I make a good friend, mm-hmm. I like to keep them for as long as I can. And if they're willing to have me. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's uh that's a sign of good character right there. I appreciate that's what I say that. about that. Well, that's what I say thank about you. That. Thank you. I All right. That. Thank you. All right. Next well, year in Jerusalem, great. okay? All right. Next year in Jerusalem, please enjoy the please enjoy the sunshine today. <laughs> okay. Bye. One of these days you're gonna stop playing next year in Jerusalem because it'll actually happen. <laughs> Whatever, whatever's supposed to happen. I think that what is the Messiah supposed to come? Is that the idea? I, I guess, or you get a stamp in your passport at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just make sure make sure you get your passport to go into Israel as long as um, uh, there's an Israel and um. There you uh, go. There you go. Okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> All right, Paul. Oh, my guy. Take care, Paul. Take care of you guys. Okay. Yeah. Bye-bye. See you, bud. See you later.